Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, greetings, everyone. It is Linda Talaferro, and yes, it is my favorite time of the week, Being Brown at Work Live. And this is part two of the segment around negotiating a salary increase. And if you missed it two weeks ago, we even delved into the job market and you know things you should do if you're searching or changing jobs, changing companies. So if you missed that segment with my fabulous guest, Claudia Miller, two weeks ago, you want to go back and catch that on a replay for sure. You want to definitely catch it because it was phenomenal. For those of you who do not know Claudia, let me remind you who she is. She was a fabulous guest of mine last year. And like I said, two weeks ago, we had a wonderful session. So let me reintroduce you to her. Claudia helps career-driven women get to the next level in their career. She helped clients get up to $100,000 in salary increases, as well as flurries of emails from headhunters at big name companies like Google, Facebook, NVIDIA. Her workplace expertise has been featured in Forbes, MSNBC, Thrive Global. In 2021, Business Insider put her in their global list of top 23 most innovative career coaches. Claudia, welcome back to part two. Welcome yes, back. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. So we had a great I. session last time, so I'm even more excited about this one. We sure did. We sure did. And like I said in the opening, you know, the title was, you know, how to negotiate a salary increase. But I was so glad that we kind of organically, the conversation just evolved where we were talking about searches because the market out here is crazy. And so you shared some really valuable insights on, you know, how to go about that. And if you wouldn't mind, Claudia, can you kind of refresh the audience on some of the tips you gave around the job search? Yeah, it was um, definitely making sure you start networking and do not put away your job searching or updating your resume just because what I've seen, you know, what I've heard from recruiters and hiring managers is a lot of people that are being proactive right now are updating their resumes, their LinkedIn's, and they're networking and having these conversations and almost securing their jobs or their next upcoming jobs so that way when the rec does open, they already have people in place versus if you're not doing anything, you'll be just left with whatever's left over. And obviously, we no one wants to be in that situation. You rather handpick these opportunities and be able to set deep roots and connections in order for you to really be able to really advance in your career and have the most leverage as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, networking, at least from where I sit and to your point, 
it's even it's much more important nowadays probably than it's ever really been. And I, I have to say that I totally agree based on other people I've spoken to. Companies are filling the pipeline. You know, they're waiting for those open those job recs to be approved. And then they're going to have that pipeline of those top candidates to select from. And so you definitely want to be one of the ones they remember. And you want to and I know I mentioned it to my daughter. Uh, who's in the search as well and just took the bar. She's like, mom, you know, I reach out. Do I, should I follow up? Absolutely. You know, or she just texts me today. Hey, I got, you know, I, I, I used your networking uh, suggestions and somebody reached, they reached back out and connected. And so now she's got an interview and then she's got to think a follow-up with a judge. So it works. It definitely works. The simple resume piece and then just sitting at, you know, putting it out there isn't enough. And so, and also, Claudia, I remember from our session the first time you mentioned about quiet hiring, and I think that's probably not something that's known by a lot of people. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, quiet hiring is when they give you additional roles and responsibilities without giving you the pay or the title. Especially right now that a lot of companies are doing a lot of hiring freezes or layoffs, you might have to take on a lot of that workload from your other peers who might have been laid off. And all of a sudden, you're doing the job of two to three people. Um, and it's called like quiet hiring because they're hiring you and you don't even know it. And you're filling the role <laughs> of two other people. And um, honestly, it's burning you out. And, you know, almost yeah. I, you know, obviously they're not paying you or giving the job title. So that's a new concept called quiet hiring that a lot of companies are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And there's things, you know, I, I, we're not going to revisit now. We're going to move into the new topic. But there's things that Claudia shared in that session two weeks ago on how you can address that. You know, if that's happening to you and you feel like you should be compensated in some fashion, recognized for it, she gives some fabulous tips on how to approach that if it's happening to you in your workplace. So now what I want to jump into is things that you avoid. So just like she shared what you should do, there's definitely some things you do not want to do if you're approaching your manager uh, to talk about a salary increase. If it's that time of the year at your company where performance reviews are going to be coming up and there might be a raise and you believe that you should, you know, you've done what you need to do to get more than just that 2%. Um, or you're, you know, one of the lucky ones right now and you have an offer coming or pending and you need to, you'd like to negotiate that offer. So Claudia, what would you say is, you know, let's just give them the list of things. Where would we start with and what you would say is paramount of what not to do when you're talking about a salary increase. Yes, and I love this. The first one I would actually start with is making your argument emotional. So for an example, and here are really? some cases that I hear where, and typically when, especially when it comes to women, um, they want to negotiate their salary because they found out they're being underpaid or that their coworker is getting paid more. And sometimes the argument is, well, why is this person getting paid more when we're doing the same role and responsibilities? And I've been here longer and I trained this person, you know, I, mm. I should be getting paid as much. And that honestly is not a good argument because it could be disarmed really quickly. I can easily say, well, this person actually negotiated your salary and you did it. Or did you know that this person mm. has the certification or an advanced degree and you don't? 
or whatever reason it can be. So again, it is out of our control. So I do not like making a side negotiation case based on emotional or mm. of something that someone else did because we don't know the rest of the story and therefore that's how we lose control and we lose oh that leverage. Oh my gosh, that is so important, Claudia, because it's natural instinct is to immediately go there, right? You know, especially since people do talk about salaries or whatnot, um, you go there immediately. Well, so-and-so got that you know, I should be getting that too. I mean, that's a natural thing to do. So I'm so glad that you point that as number one, because that will, you're right. I mean, I've done that when people have come to me and said it, (laughs) I've done exactly what you said. When people come to me and say, Hey, Linda, you know, I'm doing so-and-so the same thing. Why am I not getting the 10% he got, or why am I not paid him? So I'm so glad you, you, you mentioned that one. Because we go there. We go there. Yeah. And that's why I like to lead rather with value. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've contributed to the organization based, you know, what I found in my market research. Then, you know, I'm looking for a compensation of this amount versus this person. Now, it may be true. And that might be prompting you to say, well, I just found out how much I'm being underpaid. Let me start building my case. Let's start creating my achievement portfolio and start preparing for me to have this conversation. That's the right thing to do, but you cannot use that as your argument on why you deserve to get paid. Or I'm a hard worker and I I do all the work that I'm supposed to because they're going to say, yes, that's what we hired for. I don't think you should compensate it more. Exactly. When you Mm. leave with value, that is a very harder argument to argue against. And really they can say, well, you're right. You contributed this much and you're asking for a small fraction of that. Even though it may be 20, 30K more in comparison to the value you're bringing, they're more than happy to pay for that because that's something you're, again, bringing value. And it's harder to argue, especially when you have data to back it up. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I think a lot of times we are not diligent in doing exactly what you said. We don't track that. We don't pay attention sometimes to the to the financial impact we have when, you know, with results of our work or the needle moving, you know, change that we make and how that translates. Because for businesses, I mean, that's what the bottom line is, right? Profit, dollars, revenue, you know, and, and or, or cutting costs, right? So if you can document, which you should always do, know, understand, so get some business acumen, I would say, and understand how you impact the bottom line, because that's what's going to speak to them. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And every company will not hire you if you didn't bring any value. So mm. figure out what that value is, connect it to how you've been performing, what the value is to the organization. And I promise you, you'll never have a problem getting paid what the market is paying. Love it. Love it. Love it. So what else should they avoid, Claudia? Avoid winging it. Here's a thing that ah. I've seen a lot of people do. Maybe they'll, in even in interviews as well, they try to wing it. They don't prepare. They'll just say, Maybe you look at company research, maybe you look at the job description, but they don't actually plan for the conversation. So when it comes to sound negotiation, you want to make sure that you practice. You practice not just by yourself in front of a mirror or with a pet, but you practice with somebody else, like a partner, a friend, a family member that's actually going to be supportive with you and help you kind of practice this conversation so that when Mm. the time does come, you can actually recite it from memory and it comes out naturally nonchalant versus robotic, nervous, or, you know, Mm. they hear you shuffling, trying to look for that script. So really want to internalize these conversations. So that way, again, I mean, I can have these conversations right now quickly because I've done it for so long. I do this day in and day out. And it comes out very natural. It doesn't come out combative or anything, but 
definitely practice it and do not just wing it and hope that it works for the best because that is not the best way for you to ensure success for yourself. Yeah, preparation is everything. And even in this case, right, even with this, when you're trying to do salary increase, because we prep for the interview, right, we will do that. And, uh, you know, practice questions or bounce answers off. Same thing goes for this. That's, that's fabulous. Actually, I never really thought about winging it. I, I could tell you, I probably have done it in my career at some point in time. So, so that's a good one. That's a good one, Claudia. Yeah. The other one I would definitely say, like the next step is uh, definitely be careful. And there's a mistake to avoid is who you're going to talk to or talk about or seek validation when it comes to sound negotiation, especially mm, okay. if you're a person of color, at least for me, I'm Latina, I'm Hispanic. So, and this is something that I've experienced and I've seen a lot of my clients experience. And that's why I try to be careful with them to say only discuss sound negotiation or that you're going to be discussing sound negotiation or you'll be negotiating with someone you know that's going to be advocating or rooting for you because otherwise oh, it might okay. impact and start bleeding and you might start having a negative mindset around it. So here's a prime example. At this point, I already had negotiated my salary multiple times and I think I might have been twice already and I received $30,000 salary increases each time. I've already helped clients at this point um, negotiate their salaries. And I t- when I discussed to my mom is, and she meant well, but this is kind of the prime example. Mm-hmm. I was discussing that I just got the job offer and that I was going to negotiate an extra 30000 And immediately she was saying, don't do that. Don't rock the boat. Just be grateful mm-hmm. that you have a job. Why are you going to do that? You're already getting paid more than you were making before. Like why, you know, they're, they might think that you're greedy and all these things. Yeah. Now, if I didn't have a strong mindset, I might start believing her and say, you know what, maybe you're right. Maybe, especially nowadays, oh, you're right. There's a lot of layoffs yeah. happening. Yeah. Hiring freezes. Maybe I should just not negotiate. But because I'd done this so many times, I knew that moving forward, she's just not the right person that I need to be discussing these things. Now, I can tell her afterwards, by the way, I negotiated got a 30 day increase <laughs> yeah. once it's done after the fact, but not yeah. beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So very, be very careful, especially if you negotiate, you've never negotiated your salary or this time you're going to be negotiating a greater amount that you're almost like trying to make yourself comfortable with. Be careful yeah. who you discuss this with and who you actually practice with, because they may actually be doing more harm than good when it comes to this. And then they might actually start getting into your head and working on those uh, very negative limiting beliefs. Yeah, the limit, and, and you know, there it's not intentional. I mean, you know, I, if I had this, I remember when I left GM to go work at Bosch, and my mother thought I had lost my mind. That was the best decision ever, you know, for me in my career long term. But she kept telling Linda, nobody leaves GM. What are you doing? That's crazy. You better stay there. You've only been there three years. Who? What is this Bosch company? And what are the, everybody knows GM? You could retire. For, so, you know, it's, but that was the mind. That's how she grew up. That's what she knew. Not intentional. She had the best interest at heart, which I'm sure your mother did as well. But you're right. Had I listened to that, which I could have easily, mm-hmm. I could have easily done that. My career today, I am, I'm positive would not be where it is today. Going to Bosch was everything, everything made the difference for me. So I think that is some very, very wise advice. That's an awesome tip. Because we do have family and friends around. And I often say, whoever comes with you can't go with you. Doesn't mean you're better than. Doesn't mean that at all. But it means exactly what Claudia just said. You don't want that limiting belief to enter in. And uh, intentional or not, you, you don't need it. 
And that is clearly can be transformative if you make sure you're careful as far as your career is concerned. So Claudia, I'm glad you touched that because a lot of people are, um, you know, they're just uh, a bit tentative, right? And it's comfort, right? It's a friend. It's somebody I grew up with, or it's my mom, or it's my sister or my dad, right? But, uh, and they and they have the best interests, and they do, they do. They just may not have the experience of which my mother didn't, you know, to, to, to uh, really expound upon or to use based on this foundation for her advice. So I'm glad you gave that example. An excellent one. And I would say like, usually if it's your first time, sometimes subconsciously we're doing this and sharing it because we're Mm. looking for permission or that validation. And if we don't get it, that's when we start doubting ourselves. So that's why I would say, be careful with who you practice with, who you have these conversations with, because especially if it's your first few times, it's probably because you're seeking that validation permission and you don't need it from them. I mean, if you need it, we give you permission to negotiate your salary, <laughs> yeah. but you don't need it from anyone else. And especially right. that someone's going to be against it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where else do, where else do we avoid? We got some, because I know there's some more traps there that we got to avoid for sure. What else yeah. would you offer? I would say the next salary negotiation mistake that you really need to avoid um, is making sure that kind of related to the previous topic that you don't go into a fixed mindset. You want to make sure you have mm. a growth mindset around it. Oh, powerful. Yes. So an example of a fixed mindset that maybe you're experiencing that. And if you are able to be aware of it and assess it and say, you know what, I just did an audit of my beliefs. And you're right. All the, the few ones that I'm about to actually mention, if you feel like you can relate to this, then you need to change your mindset around it. It's a belief and mindset, according to the definition of Carol Dweck, is that it is the um, theory that we have about ourselves and beliefs around it. Meaning it's not true. It's just the theory and beliefs that we have about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So here's an example of a fixed mindset when it comes to sound negotiation. Um, you know, I'm just not good with money and maybe I should just be happy with where I'm at. I'm already making more than my parents. Or if I, you know, we don't talk about money that's, you know, taboo and I don't want to be greedy. And because the church or religious and my family, we, I should just, I should just take what they give me and they should know better. Oh my God. Okay. Claudia, I'm sorry. You probably have more, but you got to say that one again, because that is so for women of color. Mm-hmm. The money is the root of all. Yes, being poor and being humble, and that's you know, especially if you came from a religious background. I know I've been taught that as growing up, and that's oh a negative God. and fixed yes. mindset. That's mm-hmm. a fixed mindset. Oh my gosh, Claudia, that was so. That was everything right there. Because I was taught the same thing. I was taught the exact same thing, and that I should be grateful. And, and you know, and, and my mother, you're making more money than I would have ever made. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a fixed mindset. And I will tell you, oh my God, see, so you just resonated something in me when you said mm-hmm. that. I will tell you, that's a hard part, that's a hard mind shift to make, mindset shift to make, especially when you've been, it's been ingrained, right? I was raised that way. And so, you know, I, I it took me a number of years into my adult year, years to understand that the aspiration in my careers around salary and everything was not bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't negative. It didn't mean I was greedy. It didn't mean I was ungrateful. It didn't mean any of that. 
but it took a, took me a while to work through it. Yeah. And I would say like, even, you know, how to reframe that and how I worked through this. Cause same thing. I, um, I was raised Catholic and, you know, I came up from humble beginnings. I mean, I lived in a homeless shelter. I, we lived off food stamps. So anything would have been, I should just be grateful. I even have an education because both my parents have sixth grade education. So mm-hmm. how I reframe this and really if you're religious and, or spiritual, um, God wants us to be blessed. You know, he mm. blessed Abraham and a lot of them, you know, that were his apostles did really great and they were bountiful. He does not want us. He wants us to do the right thing and not sure. praise money, but right. he does wants us to be well off. So yeah. whatever you need to do is help you. Well, first you need to assess, do you have that belief? And if so, mm-hmm. how can you reframe it? Is it coming from a religious aspect? Because then you need to find almost verses in the Bible that can help you with that. If it's more of, you know, maybe I'm your first generation and you're making so much Mm -hmm. more than your parents. Well, then just that should not be the measure. It should be measured based on like what the market is paying. And that's why I like to say never based off your salary, based on how much you're making, based on how much the market is paying. There could be a huge discrepancy. Yes. Yes. Especially if you're a person of color or a woman or a marginalized member of the community, you are not getting paid fair market rates. So if you haven't even negotiated, that even compounds by how much you're being mm. underpaid. So that's mm. why we don't base off our salary by how much we're making. We base it off on what the market is paying. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's everything. That's powerful. See, I told you guys this was. <laughs> I knew this was going to be good, and I had to have her back this year. It's this is so so good. Mindset is everything. Those beliefs that we have about money and about stature and about position and about. Uh, you know, uh, titles and all those other things really can hamper us if we're not careful and if we don't do the inner work, right? And understand that, okay, raised old school like I was, like Claudia was, raised in meager beginnings like we both were, you know, understanding those were limiting. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy who listened to his podcast, Foresight or something's his last name. He talks about that type of limiting mindset. I'm the guy took tons of notes. I'm gonna go back and pull it out again. I mean, I was in the bed a couple of years ago when I first found that so a friend of mine sent it, sent it to me. And just what you're saying, Claudia, I mean, I was in tears when I was laying in the bed listening to that podcast because it, it, it awoke something in me, just like when you said it again today. And I've done that work to get past the limiting mindset. But you know, it, when it when it's in you, when it's right, it just, it resonated so much which is, you know, I'm kind of hanging on this topic for a minute because I believe that the audience that, you know, that hangs with me with being abroad at work live, I'm sure if you look in the mirror, if you just do some reflection, you can relate to what Claudia is saying here around this limiting belief system. And it could be detrimental. This is, you know, really think about this, everyone, and, and what you need to do to shift that. Go ahead, Claudia. No, I was actually going to mention a few more because... Yes. Said, it is very important. And I always tell my clients and I just, I like to tell everyone, I can give you the script word for word sound negotiation script. And actually um, we'll be sharing it with your audience members. But if you don't believe that it's going to work for you, the script is worthless because you won't take action mm. and you won't even, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So mindset is really important when it comes to sound negotiation. Cause once yes. you can con- handle on your mindset, especially when it comes to money, now, it's never ending. Now, 
I've kind of moved on to the next step in my life. And now I still have to work around money, but at a different level at this point, it really is ongoing. So you really need to understand what your thoughts and beliefs are around sound negotiation and money, work through them so that when you can have the script, you can execute and actually see and be successful and actually work for you. Fabulous. Yes. And I actually would like to talk a little bit, a few more other ones, because I think it's really important, especially when your um, your background, if you're a person of color, um, really is, you know, the other one is, you know, I don't want them to think I'm difficult. Because if I negotiate, they're going to already, my manager's going to think less of me or that I'm just going to be pushy. And I think it's, I mean, for a lot of us that can, you know, a lot of your listeners, we can relate to that because yeah. you know, I'm a spicy Latina. I want to be difficult or, you know, the analogy or perception of like, oh, the loud black woman. Yes. So really that kind of even plays into even more of thinking, oh my God, they're going to think I'm being difficult. And that's not the reality. No. 84% of recruiters and hiring managers expect you to negotiate your salary. It is expected. Mm-hmm. 84%. 84%. Yeah. And we don't do it. We don't do it. I think it, the stat was only about 40% of women actually negotiate. Um, and here's another stat. Maybe your uh, listeners will enjoy this too, that 68% of women who negotiate win and get the negotiate, get that salary. OMG. OMG. <laughs> 68%. <laughs> So there's data, everyone, that supports the need. Do this. It works. And you're deserving. That's that mindset. So how I would reframe this mindset instead of, oh, they're going to think I'm difficult if I negotiate. Here's a quick way to rewire and start rethinking that. Well, if 84% of them already expected to negotiate and it's part of the process, I have to negotiate. Otherwise, I won't come off as confident. And I can show them that I can handle very sometimes crucial conversations and it shows my leadership skills. So that way, if I'm a manager, I can show them that I'm going to be a great manager. If you manage contracts, they know that if I can do this for myself, they can trust me to handle this on behalf of the company. And if you're looking to become a team lead or seen as a top performer, they know that I can handle these conversations. And therefore, I will already be seen as a top performer before I even start my first day of work. So this is why I need to negotiate because I need it's just part of the process. And 68% of the time, I'm probably going to get the salary increase. Worst part they can say is no. And if the company does pull a job offer, that means they're a toxic workplace and I don't need to like, work there. Shouldn't be there anyway. Yes. Yep. What's going to happen if you have a... I, and I see in these companies where they're like, the ones that will pull, I'm not going to say it will never happen, but there are companies that will pull a job off of you negotiate. And it's very, very small percentage. But honestly, that I rather know if a company is good or not immediately, because if they pull a job offer, because I negotiate it and it's part of the process, what about what's going to happen when I ask for PTO? Are they going to threaten to right. you know, fire me? What if, God forbid, I have to take FMLA? Are they just going to fire me as well? Or if I just take maternity paternity leave, they're just going to say, She's being difficult. Let's just fire her and let's move on. So I don't want to work at a place that has that type of mindset. And therefore, it's a great filter on figuring out whether this is a good Mm. company to work for or not really quickly. Oh, beautiful. The nuggets, the nuggets. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Claudia, this is everything. 
And it's spot on specifically for us. This is spot on because this is exactly what we do. I know it because I've done it and (laughs) done it many times in my career. And if you guys are honest with yourselves, you know, you're doing it too. You're doing it too. You don't want to be the angry black woman. You don't want to be the loud black woman. You don't want to be the the difficult, you know, woman of color or Latino woman or Asian woman, whatever, Brazilian, whatever you are. You don't want to be that difficult woman that they stereotype us anyway. So you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to push the envelope. Let me just be thankful, quiet. Yeah. Yeah. And lose our 60% chance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's crazy because I mean, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but for at least for Latina women, we now are getting paid 55 cents on the dollar. Mm. And when it comes to African-American women, I believe it was 63 cents Six, on the dollar. Yeah, yeah, that's what I believe so, it is too. Yep. We're already being underpaid. Absolutely. So asking for the full dollar for the actual time we're going to work for, and they're going to get more out of us anyways. They're quite hiring us for two, three roles. We yes. have to to get paid what the market is paying, at least a full dollar. At least a full dollar. And I love how you always say that, what the market will pay. That is the way we should look at it. What the market will pay. That's the way we should look at it. Absolutely. And I'll be darned if I don't deserve the full dollar. You're working the full time. It's not like we're working part-time and earning this salary. I mean, that actually wouldn't be so bad. Right. But I work part-time. You give me, you know, let's just say if you're making $55,000 full-time, well, our white male counterparts will be making that if they work part-time. 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 Yes. And we know we're not working part-time. Oh, far from it. Far from it. Claudia, we have a couple minutes left. In our session, oh my gosh, I hope you guys were taking notes, but you can also catch this on the replay. You can pause it, take notes, because it's going to be out there. You can go out to YouTube or whatnot. It's going to be uploaded to all the podcast channels in another week or so. But if you want to catch this live, you subscribe to YouTube. It's going to be out there and take notes. But here's most important. Don't just take the notes. Take action. Claudia has given you some, I mean, some a wealth of knowledge that you wouldn't really get anywhere else. And she, you, uh, you heard me read her bio. She's highly, highly accredited and recognized because of this information, this wisdom she has, and her success in helping clients. So take the notes, activate. If you're struggling with the doing, reach out to Claudia. Connect with her. She will help you with the doing. Help you with the doing. And the being, the mindset shift. They go together. Mm-hmm. They go together. So, Claudio, any closing words for us on this session? Yes. So if anyone wants to connect with me, either through LinkedIn or Instagram at at Claudia T. Miller, um, and then probably included in the different, I know it's on Instagram, um, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, and I forgot what the other one is, but we'll include the Facebook Facebook Live for the... Um, this is actually a $10,000 word for word salary negotiation script my clients have used. And most recently, a client used it and she received a 30K salary increase. So it's free to your audience. Members. Oh my gosh, you're going to provide it to my audience. Oh my gosh, Claudia. Thank you so much. That is awesome. Okay, I'm, we need to be hearing in your messages when you guys go out and use this script and you get your 10 to 20 to 30 or more K, share that with us. Yes. Please do let us know. 
how successful you were in using that script. Claudia, it's very generous of you. Thank you so much. As is your time to come back on for two sessions this time. Uh, we did two last time, so it's actually yeah. four. <laughs> yes, because I mean, my audience just loves you because you really, you really are a difference maker. I mean, I I was honored to to get to know you, to meet you, and it's been impactful. I know for me, I've learned a lot, and you've made a difference to my audience as well. And so I appreciate you. Uh, thank you again for being for a willing guest on the show and your generosity of offering that script. I just don't have words, but thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Linda. Thanks for having me. And yes, please let us know. We want to hear about your success stories. Yes. All right. Till next time, everyone. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode. 